Welcome to this week's Word on Wednesday podcast. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. George Bernard Shaw once commented, Heaven as conventionally conceived is a place so inane, so dull, so useless, so miserable, that nobody has ever ventured to describe a whole day there. But plenty of people have described a day at the seaside. I wonder how many dismiss the idea of eternal life because they reckon it would be boring. I'll talk more about this shortly. But first, a reading from the Bible. A reading from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Elections and the resulting political discourse remind us how much most people long for a leader who will bring us justice and peace, protection and prosperity. However, on every occasion our aspirations are dashed, as leaders reveal their flaws and failures and self-interest. No one proves to be the ideal leader. Let me suggest the one exception. Jesus who said, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Many today view shepherds through rose-tinted lenses, imagining them with their faithful dogs caring for their sheep on grassy hillsides. The reality is, the shepherds of ancient Israel lived dangerous lives. And because sheep were the equivalent of money in the bank today, shepherds had to contend not only with marauding animals, but also with thieves and armed robbers. Every village had their banks, sheepfolds, with their door and security guard. In John chapter 10, Jesus twins the images of door, or gate, and good shepherd, when he says, He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. And in verse 7 he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And in verse 10, I am the good shepherd. 
Though poor and often treated as outcasts, shepherds played an important part in the life of Israel. Israel's kings were described as shepherds. King David, the greatest of the Old Testament kings, had been brought from shepherding sheep to shepherd God's people Israel. But it was not only the kings who were called shepherds, but also the religious leaders. In Ezekiel chapter 34, we read that when those religious leaders abused their position and failed their spiritual duty, God declared that he himself would shepherd his people. Ezekiel chapter 34 echoes Psalm 23 as it speaks of God himself as the shepherd of his people. A millennium after David, Jesus says that he is the door and the good shepherd. As the good shepherd, he brings together shepherd as a metaphor for the Messiah and the theme of death. False messiahs took the lives of men and women. The true Messiah gives life to men and women, and the life he gives is life to the full, as we read in verse 10. But it comes only at the cost of his own life. Just as the Father knows me, Jesus says, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. So we begin to see what Jesus means when he says he is the good shepherd. He's not a do-gooder, for they tend to be more interested in themselves and what others think of them. Jesus is good in the very best sense of the word. He's genuinely concerned about the interest of others, and no matter the cost to himself, he's committed to provide life in all its fullness for his people. Furthermore, eternal life, in biblical terms, is not an existence that simply goes on and on. Rather, it is the expansion and intensification of the very best experiences we enjoy in life now. Jesus is not interested in the quantity of life, but in the quality. An underlying theme we often miss in John chapter 10 is the distinction that Jesus makes concerning his goal and his method compared with those who went before him and would come after him. Jesus was not a political messiah. In John chapter 10 verse 8, Jesus says, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, they will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The thieves and robbers were the false messiahs, the political activists of Jesus' day. In their endeavours to free Israel from Roman rule, they used violence in various forms. But Jesus charts a very different path in the cause of true life and real freedom. As the door, he's the only one who has the right to open the gate of heaven and have the title Messiah. As the good shepherd, He has given his life to open the way to freedom and joy of God's long-promised kingdom. When we consider Jesus' words here, we discern their application for our 21st century world. The only real hope of freedom and life the progressive materialist has to offer is some kind of embodiment of Karl Marx's classless society. 
According to Marx, people could only find real happiness if they freed themselves from the imperialism of economic oppression and exploitation. Only then would the former hostilities between races and nations be resolved and humanity be able to develop its full potential. Don't be misled, Jesus is saying. These people have come to steal. They have no respect for personal property or personal enterprise. They have come to kill. They don't value human life. Think of the millions who died under the 20th century revolutionary movements, led by Lenin and Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Pol Pot and Idi Amin. And for what? No perfect, peaceful and just society has emerged. I am the door. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. Only those who turn to him will find true life and liberty, and find it in all of its fullness. They alone find true deliverance. They are saved. They alone find true fulfilment. They find satisfying pasture. If we want to find true freedom, deep satisfaction, and real and lasting life, we need to turn to Jesus Christ, who carried not a gun, but a cross. Oh,
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for this week. Almighty God, you show to those who are in error the light of your truth, so that they may return into the way of righteousness. Grant to all who are admitted into the fellowship of Christ's service that we may renounce those things that are contrary to our profession and follow all such things as are agreeable to it. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict, so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Sovereign Lord God, direct with your wisdom and power the leaders of the nations. Lord, give them such wisdom and understanding that they may restrain wickedness and vice and uphold justice and truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for those in need. O God, the creator and preserver of all humankind, we humbly pray for all who are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. We particularly pray for those who have lost loved ones through COVID-19. We thank you that a vaccine has now been produced and pray that it will be made available both speedily and fairly, so that all peoples and nations may benefit. Father, we also continue to pray for people who suffer because of injustice, poverty, and powerlessness. Lord, enable us to share with others the material things that they need. Most of all, in your great mercy, bring comfort and hope through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who died and rose to save us, and to give us meaning and hope forever. We ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in you what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, Craig Smalley and Catherine Jacob, members of the Cathedral Ministry team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Tiru and Zachary Hicks. The special music, In My Father's House, is sung by the Chamber Choir of St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible reading is from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget, 
Registration for post-conference access is at www.anglicanconnection.com.